Welcome to Don't Box Me In on TalkZone.com, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another week of Don't Box Me In. You know, in almost every family, there exists this same trend or scenario. Parents listen to their children's music and think, this stuff is crap. And then most likely, the child's grandparents have listened to their parents' music and thought, this stuff is crap. And so on and so on. As with all things, change is inevitable. Growth is present at all times. But sometimes we must really wonder if things are changing and improving for the better into something greater. The same goes for music. And that is today's topic. Has music, more specifically hip-hop, grown into something worthier over the generations? My guest today will help me get some clarity on the matter. He's a young indie artist out of Atlanta that has put, put out some music that we should all watch out for. The music industry knows him as Danny Scripture, and I'm happy to have him with me on the show today. Danny, welcome to Don't Box Me In. Thank you. Thank you for Thank- having me. Oh, no problem. So um, I read, Danny, that you uh, got interested in music when you were about uh, nine years old. Uh, At nine, what types of music were you listening to? At nine, oh, man, a lot lot of different types of music. Um, uh, Gospel, of course, being that Mm -hmm. I grew up in that that household, um, reggae music, um, jazz music, blues, um, R&B, and, of course, uh, rap music as well. Okay, so at nine, uh, what what type of rap artist were you listening to? At nine, uh, well, I first got introduced to um, to, to Pot. Tupac. Mm-hmm. That was the first, like the first rapper I had I've ever heard was Tupac. Um, <laughs> as I got interested in in rap, um, I kind of um, went with you know a different a different style of hip-hop or rap music and I, um, I fell in love with Nas actually and Cannabis okay okay cannabis yeah. so uh, Tupac Tupac is on my side of the world uh, on the west coast but tell me um, Nas and Cannabis what was it about their flow their music their message at nine years old that kind of struck struck a chord in you what was it that you were hearing from them well you know at nine years old yeah um, my vocabulary was kind of limited <laughs> uh, and so, right, yeah. So, um, you know, hearing cannabis and he's using these words, these these eleven letter words that I had never heard of before, <laughs> it just made me more and more and more inquisitive to find out like what what is he actually talking about? What does copulate mean? And how come I don't mm-hmm. hear any other rappers say that word? You know, um, and it was Nas. Um, you know, Nas is just a phenomenal, well rounded artist. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's he's responsible for a number of rap careers. Um, he, that's that's the dude, you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just, I just true, true. Gravitated towards him. Um, his content, I would say, his content is what is what pulled me in more so. Okay, and you mentioned uh, earlier, you know, that uh, gospel was in the house. So I'm assuming your your parents, your mom, or something was uh, the gospel listener. Yeah, definitely. 
<laughs> so uh, how, how, how did that work out? You're sitting up there trying to listen to Nas and cannabis, uh, and your mom's uh, trying to do the gospel thing. Well, you know, it was, um, I actually think, because you know with gospel, I feel like gospel kind of gave me the the passion for music that I have now, because with gospel, it's not a lot of, there's not a lot of um, synthesized instruments. It's pretty much all, you know, raw instruments that are being recorded in the studio. So um, I feel like that's what that's what gave me the passion that I have for it. Now I just love music in general. A lot of people say that, but they can only name like one genre in this rap. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. but just trying to balance it in between. And I actually had to like sneak and listen to to rap music while my mother was at home because she wasn't having it in her house. Um, so it was like that on one side and then and then the gospel on the other side. It just, I don't know. It created a, a hunger for music that, that I'm grateful for. Okay, okay. So I guess in the trend, or I guess keeping the peace in the house so your mom doesn't really feel the, uh, the rap music. So you, would you say that not being able to listen to rap music is one of the things that expanded your musical uh, base, or was it already present and then like rap came along? It was already it was it was already present. Um, okay. I played I played in, I played the drums for a while as a, as a child, um, so I just liked the music, uh, mm-hmm. not necessarily listening to a musical artist, but I, I really enjoyed music. Period. Um, so yeah, that was present, you know, way before I, I kind of fell in love with, with rap. Okay, so when you you have all the exposure to all the different genres of music, uh, what is it about hip hop or rap that strikes a chord in you, particularly that makes you say, you know what, this this is me right here. This this suits me. This fits me. Um, that's a good question, and I would have to say, you know, hip hop. Hip hop as a culture, rap is the music of the culture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hip hop is like, hip hop is the whole, and rap mm-hmm. is just a part of it. Um, so I would say I just fit into the culture. I mean, you know, you have the, the different elements of it, and I would just say like I fit into it. Maybe not perfectly, but I just I I fit. You know, mm-hmm. and you and you bring up yeah, go ahead. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You you brought up a good point, and I don't think uh, a lot of people, especially maybe maybe in certain generations, understand there is a difference between rap and hip hop. So maybe you could take a moment to break it down for us, if you could. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you're right. A lot of people, a lot of people um, in in my generation don't know, or sometimes when we get into these types of conversations or discussions, um, you know, we some people tend to uh, identify the, the artists that they like as the, the ones that are like doing hip-hop music and everybody else mm-hmm. is just rapping, well, that's that's false too. And it kind of becomes this, this potluck of opinion. But mm-hmm. um, the, the, the facts of it is hip-hop is an entire culture and it has um, elements within the culture like there's a music element. The music of hip-hop is rap. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's dance that's... Um, DJing, there's um, breaking, or you got b-boys and b-girls, and then you got graffiti. Mm-hmm. Graffiti is a large um, of, of the hip hop as a as a culture. 
and then rap like i said rap is just one arm of that of that body so um so yeah the, the culture kind of accepted me um from you know we can go way back to when there was only a dj in hip-hop you know these things didn't just happen they kind of just they, they they were they were hip-hop was cultivated over a long period of time and then music music came from it you know it wasn't just a rapper you know rhyming words it started off with a dj you know cool mm-hmm. actually hip-hop actually originated if you want to go all the way back it actually started in jamaica because mm-hmm. um, that's because Cool Herc is is credited with bringing hip hop to America to the South Bronx. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and it's cool because I'm of Jamaican descent, like my. Father, <laughs> so you, you get it honest, <laughs> then, huh? You get it honest. Right. Now you you say like uh, rap and the hip hop culture accepted you. You don't think you would have fit into a like a jazz jazz genre or you know. Uh, your your typical standard R and B John. I mean, what what is it about rap and hip hop that you say they just accepted you? Why is that? Why is that? Um, well, to answer your first question, I do feel like I could fit into, um, I guess another culture, maybe like a blues or even a gospel mm-hmm. um, environment. But um, I would say hip hop because of my 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 talents and my abilities to rap and to create music. Also, because and what I mean by accepting me, um, also like yeah, what I mean by accepting me is like um, if you take you know a hundred kids, most of them are gonna be like I love I love hip hop or I love uh, I love rap music or whatever. You know, young kids growing up are gonna say this to you, but um, I didn't I didn't have to say that. I felt like the music was my own, even though I wasn't the artist behind it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you have. You have some kids who like the mainstream artists, but then you have some who just appreciate the music and will listen to, you know, Joe Schmo from down the street <laughs> more than you'll listen to the the Billboard guy. And that was me. You know what I mean? I just, I wanted to be involved at the grassroots level. I wanted to have the music that nobody else heard. So with hip-hop accepting me, um, elements that were prevalent in hip-hop kind of just stood out to me. Like, they... they um, it just made sense to me, you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. uh, like a naturalist kind of kind of deal. Gotcha, gotcha. So moving on from nine, and you said you were, um, you know, filling artists like Nas and Cannabis as your uh, exposure to different artists grew, and you got older. Uh, along the way, what kind of artists did you start to appreciate? I started to appreciate anybody whose whose content wasn't typical. Like, mm-hmm. If I couldn't, if I couldn't tell what your next line was going to be, or whatever the thought that you were trying to uh, invoke, if I couldn't tell what it was, if it caught me by surprise, um, you know, I, I opened my ear to you. Mm-hmm. Those type of artists, um, you know, some names I guess would be would be common. You know, the whole mm-hmm. the whole um, Black Star. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Those just those types of guys. I don't want I don't want to box them in. You know what I mean? Gotcha, gotcha. Rappers, but um, content. You know what I mean? Content. I want to hear I want to hear something that the other guys not talking about. Got you. So we probably wouldn't yeah. have heard you. Uh, you know, trying to listen to. Well, see, that'd probably be my generation. Some MC Hammer or something like that. Then. 
No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be, but you know, MC Hammer. If, if hip hop is a culture, even Hammer has a fit. Yeah, Hammer everybody has, has their fit. You know, I guess uh, pop has like your bubblegum, your bubblegum pop or whatever. I guess you know, hip hop has its bubblegum hip hop. Exactly. Sort of, exactly. <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> okay. I'm in Atlanta. So you, I know all about it. <laughs> so you said you uh, what catches you uh, as you were developing in in your love for hip hop or rap uh, stuff that wasn't artists that weren't typical. Um, what is a typical rap artist today? I would define a typical rap artist as uh, the the artist that is only appealing to a, a large um, group of, or what we call mainstream, a mainstream artist. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, have, they have applied the formula of rapping to, to kind of like um, generate income. And mm-hmm. I say the formula like, you know, let me get a catchy hook, some 808s, and some high some hi hat, and mm-hmm. I'll be a star. I'll be a rap star. Um, mm-hmm. That's the typical. That's the typical artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of people agree with that. You know. So we're talking. Uh, you know, I'll usually put people on blast or anything. So we're talking people like uh, Trinidad James and stuff like that. Then. Um. Yeah. Yeah. We are. Okay. Okay. All right. And then, um, well, let me see here. Uh, now's a good time to take a break. Uh, I hate to cut you off like this, but when we come back, I want to get into some more typical rap versus untypical rap. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Welcome, welcome back. I am um, talking to Danny Scripture today about uh, the state of hip hop. And uh, before the break, you had mentioned, uh, touched on briefly, uh, about the money in the industry. And I want to kind of expand on that. In the hip hop culture, uh, you know, from merchandising, uh, you know, the albums and stuff. There, there is a lot of money in this industry, and it, it could cause a person to be under be under a lot of pressure to only create a certain type of of um, music because you want that financial stability. Um, how do you, how do you do you think we've created a system or a cycle where this is the only type of music that we're going to get because this is the money behind it or will it be easy to break away and have more untypical versus typical rap music? Um, I, I do think it will break away. I, honestly, I feel like now, um, and this is just coming from a fan of of rap music, I mm-hmm. feel like um, listeners. The consumer wants to hear substance again. And mm-hmm. that we we don't we don't just want to dance in the club anymore, you know, or we just don't want to ride around, you know, in in in, in the cars with the slow music, the, the Texas style. We don't we don't want to do that anymore. 
um, <laughs> it's getting to a point where people actually want to hear substance again. So you have people that don't have to, um, artists that do not have to sacrifice their art to make money because the what the thing that is appealing to the consumer, it, I believe, is changing. You know mm-hmm. I mean? and, I, and I feel like hip hop goes through those stages. Like, um, I think Common said it in, in, in a song. He was like, you know, uh, a few New York niggas used to do it in the park. You know, he's talking mm-hmm. about hip hop. He talked about how hip hop went to the West Coast and and you know became sort of a catalyst for the for the fight the power movement. You know, mm-hmm. hip hop went to the South and and became kind of like a dance a dance thing or trap music is what you know what what I would call it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, hip hop you know or rap music is coming around again to the point where we want to hear substance, we want to hear lyricism, we want to hear different literary devices. We want to hear poetic music again, um, mm-hmm. poetic rap again. So, so yeah, I feel like it will break away from that that system where it's just apply the formula, make money. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, I hope it happens sooner than later. Um, you know, <laughs> in, in retrospect, you know, let me. Um, you know, I'm, since I'm a little bit older than you, my my hip my hip hop. Uh, my rap is a different generation. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, like Rapper's Delight, Car- Curtis Blow. I, I used to go skating at the skating rink uh, to African Bombada and Planet Rock. And then uh, later in college, you know, I was like the West Coast girl with the NWA and all of that stuff. Um, listening to a lot of the stuff today, you know, me personally, I know I'm disheartened because it seems to be like, overtly sexual overtly you know self-indulgent degrading to self and community um am i reading the messages in the music wrong or is this what rap is like right now well i would say i would say you're not you're not reading them wrong but um that, i mean yeah that's that's what it is it is it is in some in some veins degrading or self-indulgent but um but then again that goes back to the the discussion of um the influence of rap or the music business uh, and rap as a business you know what i mean mm-hmm. money's okay okay to get money for your art um but anytime men begin to love money that's when the purest form can become corrupted mm-hmm. uh, and so and so that's that's what happened even during the time that you that you just um alluded to with Africa Bambada and Curtis Blow and and um all those all those you know, the pioneers, our fathers mm-hmm. so to speak. Even with those guys, it was kinda like we're doing this because we love to do it. We might make a mm-hmm. little money on a tour, but we're doing this because we love to do it. And the people the people's response to it is you know, is 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 of love. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um I remember I remember they used to just have like parties, block parties. Block parties is another element in the hip hop culture, um, mm-hmm. where your DJ would just go out and spin for hours and hours, and people would come out and dance. Well, now you don't have that. Now it's it's <laughs> it's twerking. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? That that kind of deal. So um, yeah, I feel I feel like that's all in the same conversation with just people wanting to make so much money, and you got you have, what you have now is rappers boasting. That they're not rappers, they're hustlers, or mm-hmm, they're not, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because they're all, they're in it strict, strictly for the money, and then you have 
we have on the other side of the spectrum, you got artists who are talented, who might not be money hungry, who who I believe are commissioned to um, to enter the the the, um, the sphere of arts and entertainment, who get overlooked because they they are not the typical artist um, mm-hmm. because they don't they don't you know because they uplift community or they make songs with substance. They make songs with messages of positivity and, um, you know, unity. You know, they kind of get overlooked. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. That is the state. That is the case right now. Okay. And then this becomes my concern from that then. So you have this small group of people, you know, maybe 10, your top dog rappers making a large sum of money who are continuously putting out a certain type of music because they want to keep generating a certain amount of funds, but they have this large listening audience who are listening to the messages that um, they're putting out um, and buying into the message, which kind of creates a, a general morale in the community as a whole that's coming from maybe five to ten people who are just worried about, I'm just trying to get my ends. But you're affecting the entire community's thinking. Yeah. So yeah, um, do, do, do they have them? I mean, as artists, is there any kind of moral obligation to the audience that you're, that is, is buying your music? I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't want to be labeled a sellout. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about uh, we're talking about let's talk about Nas, a guy who I would tell you is the is the greatest rapper, my favorite rapper, hands down. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he'll have a song like "Black Girl Lost," mm-hmm. where he's talking about you know black young black women being misled, and you know because they're misled, they get a taste of the wrong thing, and then they have an appetite for the wrong thing. So they seek to feed themselves with the wrong thing, you know, going after God, mm-hmm. you know, being gold diggers, being promiscuous, that kind of deal. He has, he has a song mm-hmm. called Black Black Girl Lost. Then he turns around and makes a song called You Owe Me with Genuine, where the message of the song is, I did this for you, now you owe me, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would have to say that, you know, that that's exactly what you're talking about, like um, an obligation to the listener, definitely. But then when money comes into play and you have, because it is a business, you have people like, you know, your record label who are saying, you need to put out this hit joint, you need to put out this hit joint, this record, this is what we're looking for. Forget that black girl lost stuff. Forget the um, obligation to your to your faithful listeners. We we want money and we're sponsoring you, so you have to do what we say. Um, mm-hmm. You also have that paradigm to consider to, to a point where the artist is kind of like, handcuffed mm-hmm. agree you know because it's like you sign your soul over once you sign that contract you know they kind of they own you to some extent you know so they can kind of um put reins on your creativity and tell you what you should what you should create and it, it mm-hmm. all goes back to, to to money and that that formula that they all apply it's archaic it's old but you know it works for them it keeps money coming into their pockets Gotcha. Now, let's let's bring it home for you. I mean, you're an artist that, you know, your goal is to spread your message, although it's a positive one. 
um, to a large base. So I'm assuming that, you know, getting on with a label would be nice as well. Do you think that you would find yourself in the same sort of trap signing with a label? Um, yeah, I do think that. And I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even mind signing with a label. Um, but again, again, I feel like the artist would have to be careful, you know what I mean? And I'm good at doing my research. I would never put myself in a situation where I, the label is notorious for quote unquote making the artist sell out, you know, when, when a guy who's conscious and he, and he's making positive music through his whole discography, through his whole career, and then he, he makes, you know, hoes booty shaking in the club. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and fans mm-hmm. are thrown off like, wait a minute, this is not even him. This is not even you. Script. Thank you. You know? Thank you. So, I, I yeah, was following exactly. you faithfully all that underground stuff. Now you got big and you act like you don't know your audience anymore. Right. Exactly. Gotcha. 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 Exactly. But, but at the same time, you can't say that you're not, that you don't deserve to be paid for your art. So it's a fine mm-hmm. line. True, true. And, you know, that's I, I, I think that's kind of sad. You know, you have a lot of people out there with some quality content to give to the world, to the masses. But, mm-hmm. you know, strategically, we don't find those artists. Uh, we don't have access to those artists on a wide base. You know, you're always like, man, you know, three years later, whatever happened to whatever that, you know, that cut they had, you know, and I haven't heard from them or whatever. But, you know. You know, repeatedly you're bombarded with the other ones, and you're like, "This track is kind of whack," you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and you know, you just you wonder what it's about, but you know, after you analyze it, it you know, it is really the money that keeps it keeps feeding us the junk, I guess I should say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. So we're gonna take our second break of the day, Danny. Stick with me. I'll be right back. Let's return to Don't Box Me In on TalkZone.com with your host, Lana Reed. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm talking about the state of hip-hop today. Um, just a quick question, Danny. Tell me, how did you get the name Scripture? Danny Scripture. Um, it started, oh man, my boy <laughs> Jeremy kind of gave me that name years and years and years ago. Um, because it started off as a, um, you know, scripture, scripture, of course, as a biblical type mm-hmm. of deal. Um, I started off, uh, as solely only doing songs like about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we get my inspiration from the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the name, the name stuck. Gotcha. Um, yeah. In in the dictionary, there is a uh, another term for scripture that means a, a statement regarded as authoritative, and um, authoritative has its own set of connotations such as authentic, factual, scholarly, and righteous. Uh, in some way, do you feel your music is that? Um. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. I do. Definitely. Okay. Um. Definitely. <laughs> 
<laughs> righteous. Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, your track, Crazy, you've got a line that says, rhyme with the insight to insight the sightseers. And I really like that line. Uh, give me a little bit of knowledge about that. Rhyme with the insight to insight sightseers. Yeah. Okay. Insight or, um, Insight being some form of knowledge, understanding, or wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, to insight or to create a movement or, you know, to create insight, I, you know, I-N-C-I-T-E, to mm-hmm. incite you, to spur you. Um, rhyme with the insight to insight sightseers, and the sightseers is just anybody anybody else, the audience, the crowd, the people that are um, the onlookers. So um, rhyming rhyming in such a way to make people that are watching me want to do something. Okay. And what would you like for them to do? Um, That's a good question. (laughs) I would like for them, (laughs) right, I would like for people to, um, to not settle for mediocrity. Mm-hmm. I would like for people to um, to to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, to to you know our our society is so man it's so I don't know we're at this standstill. It's like two sides waiting to see who's going to throw the next blow. Um, mm-hmm. I would like for, for our to see people not throw the next blow. Mm-hmm. So these two sides that you're talking about, go ahead. And and now just just not feed into what the typical message is. You know what I mean, the typical message is you know an eye for an eye, mm-hmm. an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. Uh, God mm-hmm. said. True. You know, so so I would like for people to to not, you know, cut off somebody's arm because he stole that kind of deal. Mm. And, you know, that kind of ties into um, what we've been talking about and the typical message of rap music. Some of it is, you know, I got to get mine at all costs. I really don't care about uh, the, the man next to me. Um you know, so, you know, like you were saying, um, you know, the eye for the eye or whatever, you know, at some point it has yeah. to, the madness has to stop. You know, you got to stop and, and and think more than yourself. And I think that's what I was trying to say earlier is a lot of the rap music. It's concerning because it's all about me and I really don't care if you get yours or not or you're taken care of or whatever. But we're on this planet together we're all in this together so at some point the philosophy's going to crack there's going to be some holes in that absolutely um absolutely i was listening to well i wasn't listening to it but i heard it in passing i was uh in the gym and a guy was listening to some music and um you know of course he didn't have headphones in why would he Um, (laughs) so the music is just playing loudly for everybody else to hear and one line that i caught was um, it's a it's a popular song here in Atlanta. I don't know if you guys have heard it or you guys spin it on the radio out there, but um, I don't know the artist, but the song goes, the difference between me and you is, and the line that, that stuck, 
stuck with me was the difference between me and you is I would never love her. I would never trust her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself mm-hmm. as I heard it, like, why? <laughs> That's stupid. You don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to uh-huh. have a family. It's like the music tells us to be what we what we shouldn't be. It's, it's opposed to everything that's good that we know, like the, the morals and the values that your parents instilled in you. The music now is, is diametrically opposed to it. And it's like, why? Why should I never love her? Why should I never trust her? I mean, what's wrong with having a family? What, what's wrong with saving my money and not splurging it on, you know, a, a $400 pair of sneakers? Um, why? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, why do I have yeah. to do that? Yeah. Now, not to get too deep or philosophical, you know, I have my own reasonings for it. But why do you feel there was a need to transition us through our music to a self-centered type a community? You know, you know, like you said, the music that you heard at the gym, like, why should I have to think like that? But clearly there is some sort of element uh, to transition us into thinking more individualistically than collective why absolutely and you're absolutely right that is a uh, that's a deep that's a really deep um, conversation but I think I, I would say um, with music you know music is everywhere music mm-hmm. is one of the most powerful substances known to man you can't go anywhere you can hardly go somewhere without hearing music. It's at funerals, it's at weddings, it's at mm-hmm. any other celebration known to man. You know what I mean? Music is, of course, on the radio. It's, it's everywhere. Um, uh, so why not? Why not flood the music, you know, with our own agenda? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To kind of. To, because if I can give you an appealing sound, like it's almost like uh, Mary Poppins, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if I can appeal to you in that way with like a nice beat or a catchy hook, I can pretty much sell you anything. You know, mm-hmm. I can tell you never to love a woman as long as I can, as long as your toes are tapping. I can tell you to kill somebody and you do it. True. You know, and I mean, I find myself caught up in that all the time because I try to stay current. You know, I try to listen to everything, you know, and I'm kind of going down the street, bobbing my head like, oh, that's a nice beat. And I'm like, oh, wow. He said, wait till you see what? Huh? Oh, no, I can't listen to this. You know? <laughs> but but they they catch you in the beat. And, you know, you know, that's it. You know, and there's there's like I said, I can't get into it, but there's research and studies, you know, how music stimulates you know certain areas of the brain and yada, 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 you know, but. You know, it is part of the process, it seems, to kind of hook us in through the, the music and move us whatever direction they want to. Now, let me ask you this. It is September 18th, 2013. Are you happy, satisfied with the state of hip-hop music today? Uh, today. Today, oh, September, September 18th, 2013. <laughs> Today, yes. <laughs> Today, you are satisfied. I am. Yes, yes, I am, Lana, because... <laughs> <laughs> because, um, you know, it, it could get worse tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's that's not even why. That's not the real reason why I'm joking. But um, <laughs> the real 
It's because, like I said earlier, I do feel like it, rap music is coming to the point where the consumer wants to hear anything. Oh my goodness, I'm I'm so grateful for Kendrick's verse in Control on Control. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, being the, the one that's like sparking all the, all mm-hmm. the, you know, the talk, the chatter from the peanut gallery. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm grateful. Yes. I'm grateful for that because now it's like. Maybe people will get on their jobs again, you know. Maybe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe New York rappers won't will stop rapping like they're from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know? Maybe maybe the sound of your region or or even the sound of your own creativity will flourish again because because this this guy was brave enough to rustle and talented enough to to ruffle a few fe- feathers. Gotcha. Um, you know, so that kind of thing. I'm, 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 I'm pleased with it because it's coming back around. It's, you know, it's the, the vital signs are showing up again. You know, and you know, you brought up Kendrick. Now I must say, Kendrick is is a nice, refreshing breath of fresh air uh, today. And <laughs> what I see, you know, and I'm proud to say, hey, you know, he's from the West Coast. I can claim him all day long. Um, all day. <laughs> <laughs> all day long, and you know, it's it's. It's like a freak of nature that he is become so wide stream mainstream because somebody like him saying the things that he's saying usually ends up being the underdog guy. Now, let me say he was underdog for so underground. I'm sorry, excuse me, underground for a very long time. Um, But why do you think somebody like him kind of snuck through the cracks and has been accepted so widely? Well, he's he breaks the mold. Um, mm-hmm. I can definitely give him that. He he breaks the mold. Um, I think I think he 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 possesses the lyrical skill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, through the different you know different category categories that you might that you might um, judge or critique. An MC, whether it's metaphors or wordplay or you know mm-hmm. different types of things, he has he has that. And then um, you know, in the in the industry, you kind of have to have somebody backing you. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he's got an excellent support. I mean, he's got Dre. Yes, and yes. Dre is the father of rap. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, you know who is so. That kind of you know, thing, and then I mean, yeah, I believe I believe it's for him. It's gotcha. For yeah, him Dre. For, you mentioned Dre. Dre has got some good. I mean, verbal uh, makes you think. Artist, you know, on his roster. I mean, when you think about Eminem, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, just people who have quality stuff to say. Dre. Dre picks some good, good cats to get on his okay. team there. Definitely. True. That. Um. I'm gonna ask you to settle an argument. Me and my daughter, my daughter's 18 years old. I'm gonna ask you to settle an argument that we are having. Uh, She says that Nicki Minaj is a rapper, and I say no. Uh, Nicki Minaj is a personality. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, (laughs) she's like a Mm -hmm. like you would like she's supposed to be on Housewives or something like that. (laughs) Um, A rapper. Uh, she can. I mean, she's been successful at rapping. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, does that make you a rapper? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I would have to actually listen to more of her stuff. I don't listen to a lot of artists because I feel like they have nothing that I, that appeals to me. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't like the typical. Um, so yeah, she's a good, she's a rapper. She may not be a good one or even a great one, but um, she's a rapper, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a rapper. Yeah. Define rapper then. Ah oh, man, rapper. Noun. Etymology. No, I'm joking. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> rapper. So, hmm, that's that's good. A rapper is a person who can. Um, rock the crowd i guess or engage the crowd of any any group of people um with their with their skill on the mic um a rap a rapper doesn't need a beat a rapper doesn't need an instrumental mm-hmm. if you can rap if you are a rapper you can engage a crowd um and have them they'll they'll grasp your words Mm-hmm. And they want to hear your words. That's mm-hmm. a rapper. A rapper has has those characteristics and has and possesses that ability to engage any group of people by using their words. So then, by definition, um, your Martin Luther Kings or Obamas or whatever, then they're rappers. By my by my definition, of course, you can. You can call them rappers, but then again, every square is in a rectangle, rectangle <laughs> kind of deal. Um, <laughs> hmm. uh, but yeah, you know, they, they, they possess that, that oratory. Yes. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? It's just They can the move excellent. the crowd. Right. Gotcha, right. And gotcha. anytime you give a speech or, you know what I mean? That's, that's pretty much what rapping it is. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're speaking, you're delivering a message through words, whether you call that a speech, a dissertation, or, or a sermon, you know, whatever you want to call it, that's essentially, that's what a rapper has to do. Gotcha, gotcha. All righty. Well, Dan, we're going to take our last break of the day. When I come back, we're going to talk about some things that you're uh, up to and got on the uh, works, and, and uh, we'll get to that right after this break. You're listening to Don't Box Me In on TalkZone.com. Here's Lana Reed. Hello, hello, and welcome back. I've been talking with Danny today. And, um, Danny, you've, uh, I mentioned crazy, but you've got some other stuff uh, either coming out or is out. or Tell, tell us what's going on with you. Yeah, um, I have I have a, a, an EP that's already. It's actually the EP that features Crazy. Mm-hmm. It's entitled Revolutionary Revolution, mm-hmm. uh, and that's um, where is that? I mean, it's on it's on my Bandcamp. I have a Bandcamp page. You can go and check that out. Um, and yeah, that's there. A few other songs. Uh, you know, I have a YouTube page. There's certain videos and and there's music on on YouTube that can be heard and videos that can be seen and all that stuff so um yeah those are the avenues that, that i'm on okay so when we listen to your music uh will we hear 
typical rap or not? What are we going to hear? <laughs> You're not going to hear typical <laughs> rap. I mean, that's my, that's my, that's kind of like my thing. I want to be the guy who, who makes some, a song or even, even if I just say a word, I want to say it in a way that you probably never heard it or, or mm-hmm. provoke a thought that you've never had before. Um, so yeah, it won't be typical rap. I promise you it won't be typical. Okay. Typical rap. And you are based in Atlanta, so if somebody wanted to check you out live, is is that where we'd have to come to? Um, for now, yes, you'd have to see me live in Atlanta. Um, okay, that's where I'm at right now. I'm not touring. I'm not on the road or anything. Not doing shows yet. Okay, no problem. Hey, no problem. I mean, I'm open. If you want me to come to your city, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. That's right. You got to get it out there. Name it and claim it. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Not even claim it. Yeah. So you mentioned that um you know that we could find you on YouTube or you know whatever you have a, a direct link or your YouTube channel. What's the 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 label I'm you know I'm going blank here. What's the label for your YouTube yeah, the, channel? The label is just my name, it's Danny Scripture. Um the scripture is S K R P C H A. It's not spelled the way you the way you mm-hmm. read it. It's spelled say it. probably say it. Yeah, scripture. Uh S K R P C H A. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, you know, if you need to search for me on Twitter, I made it a bit easy. On Twitter it's just Danny Script S C R I P T. You know, mm-hmm. and my and then my Twitter handle should pop up or whatever you'll see me on there. And on on the Twitter there's a direct link to my band camp where the E P is posted. Um, but if anybody hits me up, you know, send me a, uh, a tweet or whatever, I'll send you the link and you can go and give it a listen. Um, mm-hmm. what else? Uh, you know, I want people to hear the music. So however, however you want to get at me, you know, you can, you can get at me like that. If you want to email me, I'm info dot Danny scripture dot or Danny scripture at gmail.com. Um, you know. However you want to get at me, I'll get the music to you. You can listen to it, give your feedback, and then pass it on to somebody else. Gotcha. Now, let me ask you this. How old are you today, Danny? I am 25 years old. Okay, you're 25 years old. So you, you're you're sitting there at, um, I don't know, let's say you're sitting at Burger King, maybe eating your, a burger, and a nine-year-old comes up to you and says, you know what, I want to get in the hip-hop game. What would you tell that nine-year-old? I would tell that I would tell uh, him or her um, to sharpen your craft, mm-hmm. sharpen your craft, because what skill is undeniable. You know, whatever sphere you find yourself in, whatever um, circle you're in, uh, amongst whoever, skill is undeniable. Um, everybody wants to be a rapper, and, and this is the point I'm, I'm, I'm going to make. Everybody says they're a rapper or wants to be a rapper, but true skill and talent are undeniable. Some people are just better than others, you know? So if everybody mm-hmm. wants to be a rapper, but there's only four people who actually spend the time to hone in and to sharpen their craft, those four people are going to stand out at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that would be my advice to, to the nine-year-old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, let's go to the 18-year-old who comes to you and says, you know, hey, you know, Danny, I just got this opportunity to get signed with this big label, you know, but they want me to make these kinds of albums. What advice would you give to that up and coming? 
well, to that up and coming, I would just tell them to, well, you know, what's your passion? Do, do you mm-hmm. feel like how how lucrative is the opportunity once they tell you that you have to wear a pink wig and you know get take steroids to you know get swollen, mm-hmm. uh, put all muscle and, and be an image versus just an artist? Um, you know, is it still a lucrative opportunity when they tell you you can't make songs about? about love and, you know, the things that you like to write about, but you have to pop bottles in a club or at least three records. Mm. <laughs> you have to be popping bottles in at least three songs. <laughs> you know, is it still a lucrative opportunity then? And if not, you know, go with your passion. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, you know, I'm happy that, you know, you're going with your passion and giving us better quality uh, rap to listen to. Uh, I was... I was really pleased, and I did take the time to listen to every single track, and uh, you know, I was, I was very happy with what I heard. Very, very happy. Um, Thank you. No problem. Uh, let me ask you this last question before I go, because we are talking about the state of hip hop. Moving forward, what would you like to see? Moving forward, I would like to see um, less degradation and more positivity um and and positivity you can paint that in a lot of different lights uh, when i say positive i'm just talking about anything that's not negative you gotta mm-hmm. start there like i feel like it's so bad one step in the right direction would be positive mm-hmm. um, you know so uh, but then again it starts with the consumers it starts with it starts with the fan stop buying this stuff True. Stop paying money to go to True. see the show. Stop watching the video on YouTube. Um, you know, if you're really, if you don't like it, you know, uh, then don't like it. <laughs> you know, True. You don't just don't just say you don't like it because you're in a group of people who who say they don't like it. You know what I mean? If if you don't like it, then really don't then don't support it. I guess that's a better way to say it. If you don't like it, don't support True. it. True. And um, and then I think we'll start to see a change. All righty. Thank you. Thank you, sir, for hanging out with me today. My guest has been oh, Danny Scripture. <laughs> I appreciate you. You are a refreshing sound in the music industry. I want to uh, wish you uh, much success in all of your efforts and also in opening up people's minds with your music. And uh, like I said, I just I just appreciate you being here with me, sir. Awesome. Let's do it again. All righty, all righty. That's all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There is always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. I am your host, Lana Reed. And you can visit my website, lanareed.com. Until next week.